What is going on, money athletes, money-minded athletes? This is Kyle Pullins, and you are listening to the Money-Minded Athlete Podcast. Welcome back to the show. If this is your first time, very glad that you're here. encourage you to go back and check out some of the past episodes, see what you, know, see what you like through there, and I'm really going to recommend you know starting at the introduction so you can get a little feel of of what this show's about, why why I'm doing this over here, and and what's to come. Uh, those of you coming back, welcome. Very very glad that you are here today. Before we get into the episode today, I'm going to ask that you leave a review. That's all I really ask. Leave a review. Tell somebody you know about the show. Two simple things, right? If you only could do one, I would say leave a review for me. I love a five-star review, three, one, doesn't matter what level of review you give me. I want reviews. That's how I help grow this show. That's how we get more listeners in. The algorithms boost the boost the show to more people if there's more reviews, things like that. And want to really get your feedback on this. What are you liking about the show? What are you not liking? What's your, what's your favorite episodes? What are you learning? How are you implementing this into your life right now, which is what it's all about. There's so much knowledge out there and I could easily just sit here and drop tons of it on you. But is that going to get you what you want? Is that going to make a difference in your life? Most likely not. So it's really about the implementation. And that's what we're about here. So go to iTunes or Spotify or Google Play, wherever you're listening, and leave a review. Most of, I looked at the numbers, over 75% of the people listening to the show are on Apple. So I'm on Apple. Most people are. Go over there, leave a review. Pretty please. Pretty peas. All right, thank you so much. Today, we have Mr. Ben Brewster, my good friend and badass hombre of Tread Athletics. I first met Ben. Technically, I've never met Ben. (laughs) But I hired Ben as my strength coach in baseball, uh, well, more pitcher strength coach and performance coach uh, right after college. And I was, I don't even remember how I found him, which is the interesting part, but he was just getting his business started and his story, which he's going to get into is super powerful. And we're going to talk a lot of different things today, but he went from being a guy who was throwing like mid seventies touching, you know, 81, 82 to throwing 95 his senior year of college and getting drafted by the White Sox and this whole story. And, you know, he's, he's going to tell you this whole story, but of how, not only how he goes from that, but how he's doing it on his own. He's doing the research. He started his own website and blog and got recruited himself into a major D1 school at Maryland. And is, I mean, he's pretty much a self-made man and all while training cooking his own meals, practicing. I mean, he's basically running his own business since high school, but it really kicked off after college. And everything leading up to that is a preparation. So that's part of what this is about is everything that you're going through right now, whether it feels like it or not, is leading to your future success and setting you up for whatever that's going to be, whatever job that's going to be, whatever experiences you're going to have, the people that you're meeting, they're all going to matter. So today with Ben, we're going to talk about how he made time to do all these things, to run a successful website and blog, to just share his story, 
to run a business on his own while being able to play professional sports and train for a professional sport full-time and have a full-time business. So if you think you're busy, try running a full-time business, training over 100 athletes. I mean, he's the one of the top go-to guys in the baseball training world. I mean, there's not many guys better than Ben, and he does this all online with his clients. So that's something really cool we're going to talk a little bit more about that you can potentially tap into. And you're going to learn ways that you can market yourself as a athlete, right, to get get coaches and scouts and people to see you to get recruited to get your name out there how you can do this on your own how you can start saving and getting just everything that you need getting your basics fundamental set up while being able to be in school and do all these things time to make the time for it so let's get right into today's episode all right hey everybody welcome back to the money minded athlete show and this is Ben Brewster on the show today from Tread Athletics. Very excited to have Ben on. Uh, welcome, Ben. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kyle. Excited to do this. Absolutely. Well, I'll give you guys a little bit of uh, context on Ben and I's relationship. I first came across him back in 2014. I don't even remember where I first saw his website or how I got introduced to him. Uh, but I started going through his story, and I'll let him tell you that because it's whole lot better hearing it from him than me uh, but his journey from you know being a, a skinny pitcher in high school to throwing 95 and you know getting up to it in college and and getting drafted and playing you know playing for the White Sox and then you know his business was running training programs for pitchers and getting them you know similar results scrawny to brawny type guys and things like that and I was you know I was hooked because that's what I was trying to do and, you know, I've known him for about five years now, and we've just continued to, to work through things and, and grow the relationship. And now, you know, get this podcast started with the business that he's running from, you know, going from zero to hero over there. I mean, he's one of the leading influencers in the not only, you know, the baseball training world, but especially in the in the pitchers development world has been in featured in so many different, you know, articles magazines things like that but also getting to train with top not only top prospects but top coaches and learning all these different kinds of things so you know enough enough of me talking Ben. once you get you know tell them a little about your um your your story yeah so i uh, appreciate the intro um you know for those for those of you listening who aren't familiar with my story um i was basically like every other high school kid um you know playing in playing high school baseball um, wanted to play at the next level, had, had the whole, you know, dream of being a big leader one day. Um, and it was kind of a, you know, kind of a welcome to high school moment for me. Um, I was always pretty good, uh, relative to my competition level growing up, like little league, I was always the best player on the team, but not because I was super talented, just because I, I never really challenged myself in hyper-competitive travel teams or anything like that. Um, but it was kind of part of my identity, I would say that, you know, I thought of myself as a good baseball player and I got to high school, I was a freshman and, you know, suddenly I struggled. Suddenly I, I realized I wasn't even close to one of the better players in the league, let alone the, my team. And I didn't go to a particularly good sports high school. Um, so it was kind of a slap in the face, like, you know, wake up moment. Like I better, better figure something out. If, if this is going to continue being part of my identity that, you know, I, I love the game of baseball and, and I want to continue to be good at it and have fun playing it. Um, you know, I better, I better figure something out if, uh, you know, if I'm going to keep telling myself that I want to play in college and want to be a big leader one day. 
Um, so I basically, uh, you know, struggled that first year. And then that summer came around uh, after freshman year. Um, and that was really when I got I got busy. I got to work and it kind of gave me direction. Um, you know, at that that age, you don't necessarily have a lot of direction or have planned your future a ton or really know what you're going to do the next four or right. eight years or, or even right. after that. Um, so that it, it gave me a purpose. It gave me a, it gave me a goal, a very crystal clear goal of what I wanted to do and what I wanted to accomplish. Um, and it gave me, I don't know, I, I woke up every day with it, with a sense of purpose. Like what, what am I going to accomplish today to get myself one step closer? And so I didn't have like a crystallized process for getting there. I just knew like, okay, I, I, that's like, that was my North star from that point onward. I, I knew what I was trying to achieve. I knew where I was trying to get. Um, and so that, I would say that's the that was the most important step of the entire process was that slap in the face of just sucking as a freshman in high school, um, you know, realizing I better wake up and, and figure something out. And I wasn't that good at baseball and uh, like I thought I was. I really wasn't wasn't as good as I thought I was. Um, I think a lot of guys get to college and and realize that, you know, they're they good in high school. They get to college and they realize, oh, crap, like I'm actually, you know, I'm the worst player on the team all of a sudden. Um, but I was lucky enough to have that realization and, and situation uh, relatively young at 15. And, and so that put everything in perspective. You know, I started reading and researching like crazy. Um, I came, I came across a quote unquote, you know, pitching guru named Paul Nyman. Um, yeah, at that time he was kind of the, the main guru, the main guy writing, writing information online. Um, you know, the main credible source of information. And I was lucky enough to, to come across that because one of his main teachings was, you know, hey, velocity matters. Like, all these coaches are telling you, like, just throw strikes. But the guys who are actually getting drafted, getting signing bonuses, getting called up to the big leagues, like, these are the guys that throw hard. There are some exceptions, obviously, but all, you know, traditional pitching wisdom, every high school coach, every Little League coach, like, everyone's just saying, oh, throw strikes. Um, but that's for them, not for not for the player. That's so that they can win the next game, and mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a way of getting quick results. Um, and so I, I came across that early, uh, realized velocity does matter. It gave me even more uh, sense of what I was trying to achieve. And so I just became obsessed. I was reading, you know, hundreds of posts a day through through his website. Um, you know, I was buying every pitching DVD I could find. I was uh, learning about biomechanics. I was learning about anatomy. Uh, and I was just kind of starting to dive down that rabbit hole. And, I, I, you know, three months later, I thought I was an expert, right? Like I didn't, I didn't realize. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how much I didn't know. Um, so I, I felt like I was an expert right then and there. Um, but basically I, the next four years was me making a ton of mistakes, trying to, trying to do it on my own for much of it. Um, didn't have money for, you know, a traditional pitching coach. Um, so it was kind of just me and a computer and internet and a backyard, um, trying to figure it out on my own for, for most of that. And just, you know, standard weight room at school that I was, you know, I was the guy in there late every day. Um, nobody else from my high school team really lifted weights. Nobody really at my high school lifted weights or took any of that seriously. So uh, it was really me against myself. And I think that was a, a major, uh, major learning process for me, just figuring out who I was, figuring out what I was willing to, to sacrifice for what I wanted to do. Um, and that being said, I, I really struggled with the specifics of the process. Like I said, I thought I knew everything. I wrote out all these, these detailed routines and I would follow them and some, they'd work a little bit, but then I'd get hurt or I'd tweak something just being way overzealous and, you know, 
lifting seven days a week and not mm. recovering and not eating enough calories or not sleeping enough or not didn't really know what mattered. I just knew there was all this stuff out there. I was going to try it all. I was going to make a bunch of mistakes. I was going to see what worked, see what didn't. Right. And, uh, you know, somewhere along the lines, try to try to improve. So long story short, by the end of high school, I got up to, I don't know, 80, 85 miles an hour, 86 miles an hour. I uh, didn't have any interest from any, any colleges at all. Um, I didn't necessarily put myself out there a ton recruiting wise, because I told myself like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to play division one or there's no point in going to college. Like I, I really believe that. And again, just shows what I didn't know. Like if I had known what I know now, I would have been exploring JUCOs or, you know, D2s or sure. Sure. You know, I didn't, I didn't know. I thought it was just, you had to play D1, but regardless, I didn't really go to any of those camps or showcase or anything. Cause I was like, I'm not good enough. I have to keep training till I'm good enough. Like there's no point. And anyway, high school came and went and I didn't really feel like I had gotten to that point that was quote unquote good enough. Um, so I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to still pick a school that has it's top ranked in, in exercise science, kinesiology. Um, you know, surely I'll learn something in that major that will help me continue developing as a pitcher. Like it's relatively related to what I'm doing. I, I want to learn more about training, learn more about yep. nutrition. So, you know, made my whole list of the top 10 schools for kinesiology cross-reference those which with which ones have division one baseball programs that I thought you know I would have a chance of walking on at and I settled on on University of Maryland I'm from Baltimore so that you know kind of made sense it was close to home in-state tuition um, you know I had a biggest academic scholarship you know you could get as an in-state uh, you know in-state student so you know I wasn't on any athletic money obviously but I figured you know this makes sense I'm going to go here. I'm going to, you know, study exercise science. If I don't make the team the first year, I'm going to keep improving. I'm surely be good enough the next year to make the team. And I'm just going to keep, keep doing that until I get a spot on the team. So I committed to going to Maryland. I think it was like April, whenever you have to make your school choice by as a high school senior. Right. Um, graduated and uh, there was a camp at Maryland early July, end of June that summer. And it was a week after uh, freshman orientation. So I went to the freshman orientation like the last week in June. And my group, there were like, there were two baseball players that were already committed to Maryland. Like, you know, obviously walking around like they were hot stuff. And, you know, they were the highly touted recruits, whatever. I go over during the orientation, introduce myself, say like, hey, you know, who I was. Hey, I'm going to be trying out for the team next week. Or I'm going to a camp. I'm trying to walk on this year you know nice to meet you and basically like they didn't give me the time of day like didn't didn't want anything to do with me so the next week this recruiting camp comes around no actually so freshman orientation i go out of my way to find where the baseball clubhouse was and i happened to run into the head coach outside the baseball clubhouse and i i introduced him introduced myself to him i'd reached out to him the two weeks before i'd sent him an article of my uh, state championship game where I, I pitched well, um, you know, seven innings, 16 Ks, whatever. There was an article about it. I'd send him that link, said, you know, I'll be coming to your camp. So then I find him during orientation a week before the camp. I remind him, I sent him an email. I introduce myself. I shake his hand, eye contact, say, I'm coming to your camp. I'm going to like, I'm going to make your team basically. Like I'm a lefty, 87 mile an hour lefty, you know, I'm going to make your team. 
So he he you know if you know anything about Eric Backich, he's the he's the head coach of Michigan now. They just lost mm-hmm. in the the College World Series. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, he was the head coach at Maryland at the time, and so he loves that sort of stuff. Fires him up. So he was like, okay, let's see what you can do. And so he, I got to the camp a week later, and he remembered me because of the email, because of introducing myself to him. Right. And of all the people there, I was the only one he remembered. And not that that matters a ton, but that it did help because he was paying attention to me the whole time. Um, if you know anything about re- these recruiting camps, they're not really recruiting camps. They're instructional camps. They're fundraisers. Um, they have the, the volunteer assistants for these teams organize and run the camps and take a usually they get to take a cut of what the camp makes. And that's kind of how they get paid um, because they don't make any money as the actual volunteer assistant for the team mm-hmm. so it's really a fundraiser it's not like people don't get recruited out of these camps it's it's not really done it's it's sure. high school sophomores and juniors that you know want to play in college and they sign up for these camps and it's five hundred dollars or whatever it is um so anyway that's what it is but i went i went into this camp with the mindset of i'm going to come out of this camp on the team so went to the camp uh long story short i I threw well. We we did a like a kind of a scrimmage. Uh, I threw two innings. I think I struck out all six guys. I mean, I was throwing 85, 86, nothing crazy. But these are like high school sophomores who are maybe like Division three prospects. So it wasn't particularly, you know, it's not I'm not talking myself up too much too much. But I I threw well for two innings, and I come out, and Eric Backage looks at me and he says, and he's trying to make me nervous. He says, if you can go out there and do that again then you'll have a spot on my team. Like if you got out there and strike out the next three guys, you'll have a spot on my team. And he was like, he was trying to make me nervous. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know if you've had this experience. When you, when you get out onto the mound on a given day, for maybe the warm-up pitches or the first batter, you can, you can tell how you're throwing that day. Like you can tell this is going to be a good day. They, you know, you know where the ball is going, and you know the hitters have no chance. Or you can tell, oh, this, okay, this is going to be a long day. I have no idea where the ball is going, and yeah. you know your confidence isn't. You kind of have to fake your confidence on those days. This was a day where everything was just perfectly in, perfectly in sync. I just knew, I just knew they weren't going to touch it. Um, not that I was amazing as a pitcher. I just where I was, my stuff that day, and then the yeah, level of these hit most of these hitters. So I, yeah, so. You know, I would say many times in my career, I haven't had the self-confidence aspect at certain times. Um, but for whatever reason, I knew this day I had it. So it didn't make me nervous. And I went out there and I struck out the next three guys. Um, came in. He shook my hand. He says, you, you know, congratulations. You have a spot on my team. Introduced me to the pitching coach. Um, you know, ran up into the stands, told my mom I made the team. And she was like, oh, congratulations. Oh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, that was it worked out exactly as it did in my mind as it was going to happen. And whether or not that was visualization or, you know, maybe I just was good enough to be on the team. Um, Everything kind of went my way that day. And I do give a lot of credit to Backage for, um, for giving me that chance because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I was a, it wasn't like I was somebody who was going to come in and be an impact guy year one. And he knew that he knew, he knew, you know, this is a 85 mile an hour lefty who's, striking out these high school kids that just want to play in college somewhere someday. Um, but he did, he saw some potential somewhere in there, you know, he saw, uh, he saw something in me. And so I 
definitely am appreciative of that because it could have gone differently. I could have done just as well, and he could have just, hey, you're not throwing 90, you know, you're not on my team. So, anyway, I get to Maryland that fall, and basically I'm the worst player on the team. I know I have a lot of work to do. I know I'm really not going to play that year, and it just becomes this this process of just doing everything I can every single day to get better, um, knowing, like, the goal basically would be to be an impact guy as a junior. Um, and so, you know, we all have, we get all fired up about our goals. My goal, uh, I was 185 pounds at that point up from like 155 as a high school freshman. My goal was to gain 20 pounds that fall. And so like, I was the guy eating, we had peanut butter and bread and granola bars in the locker room. And I was the guy that would just eat all of it. Like people would get annoyed at me because I was eating all the peanut butter and all the bread. Like I was the guy that just eating an absurd amount of food. Like I was the one finished trying to finish first on every like warm up drill. Like I, I probably made some enemies doing that because I was just, yeah. I was taking it to the extreme. I was doing everything I sure. possibly could. Um, and three months later I've weighed 20 pounds more. Um, you know, I'd gotten way stronger, all these things. Um, and basically that every year I was just, I made incremental progress. I, I was hit 89 that summer. Um, you know, I was 80, 688 i think the next year i was 88 91 touch 93 that following summer um the next year i was injured but then the following year my senior year it all came together um and i was you know 91 95 and was finally i was the impact guy i was most improved player you know fall mvp and you know i was an impact guy that that spring and we ended up going from like a 5 and 25 team like worst team in the acc to and that was the last year maryland was in the acc um, but we made it to the first ever Super Regional. We made it one win away from the College World Series. Um, lost to Virginia when they won it that year. And so everything, as I imagined it, found a way to work itself out. Um, I was drafted in the 15th round by the Chicago White Sox, and then I went and played uh, played two years with them before I had uh, ended up needing elbow surgery. But I got released before I actually got elbow surgery. Basically had some... Uh, shoulder and elbow injuries, was underperforming, got cut, um, and then I ended up getting elbow surgery after that. So I'm currently in kind of a rehabilitation process, getting back to throwing, getting my body healthy, addressing all these underlying, you know, injuries that I've kind of accumulated over the years. Um, and then, as, so since then, I've I've continued to gain velocity, continued to figure out how to make improvements. Um, I sat 96, 98 last summer uh, in bullpens before another uh, back injury. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm still very much kind of trying to ignore the odds as much as I'm very aware of what the odds are. I was very aware of the odds of walking onto a team and a recruiting camp. I was very aware of the odds of like being a walk on, never getting a cent of scholarship money to being a, you know, top 20 rounder. I was very, very aware of all these odds, but I still have this kind of uh similar belief that it's just it's it's possible if you get to a certain level like not not a not an ignorant belief but like look at 27 28 you can still get signed you just have to you know throw 98 or like throw 97 96 but have good good off speed or like the the criteria just change and you have to be very realistic with yourself um i'm I'm extremely realistic and brutally honest about where i am where where i'm not and what i have to do to get to the goals but i also don't discount the possibility of something just because uh, the chances seem small. Um, 
I have a quote that I can't remember the exact quote how it goes, but I post this fairly regularly. And it's basically like anything worth doing uh, is a long shot. Like any, any, anything noteworthy is always a long shot at the start. If it, if it was just a shoe in, then everybody's doing it. And it's not, it's nothing special. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's, that's basically my story as far as the career aspect with baseball. I'm still pursuing it. I still very much, I believe in myself more than I did when I was 15, more than I did when I was 18, 19, 20. Um, I think the odds are even better than they ever were at any point, uh, despite having been out of baseball now for like three, four years. Um, because I know how many guys are performing at the level that I think I can get to if, if everything falls into place. Um, but as far as just touching on tread athletics, um, so I, I kept a pitching log ever since age 15 until 22, 23, like all the way through college. So from 15 to all the way through college, I had a, a pitching log on these baseball forums, which are kind of extinct now because Instagram is kind of the new, you know, new place for people to, sure, sure. you know, share, share things. But uh, the forums were really big for the 10 years before Instagram. So I'm, when I was 15, I basically started this accountability log and it was, you know, I just updated a couple times a week, say what I did for training, any progress updates, like body weight updates, like injuries. Um, and so I, I kept that for about eight or nine years, however long that was. Um, and I, I realized, like, once I, once I got drafted and kind of got to the, the culmination of that story, uh, people that had been following me for all this time and, and seeing it and it got a decent amount of exposure. They started reaching out. They said, Hey, will you train me? Hey, will you write a program for my son? Will you do an analysis for my son? Like people, people were coming to me wanting help, wanting information. And so, and offering to pay for it. And so it, it just, it was a completely unplanned thing. Like I didn't, for whatever reason, I never occurred to me like the entrepreneurial thing, uh, never occurred to me to really run my own business or, or that I would be doing remote training. But then that opportunity just out of the passion and the, the authenticity and the you yeah, know, consistency, awesome. people began, began approaching me and you know, kind of told me what my product should be. And so it just kind of be, started with that. I think I had like five athletes that first year. I wasn't really trying to make it a business. Um, and then I got into you know, my first off season after my first half season of pro ball. And I was like... You know, I, I need a way to make money. Like a, pro ball doesn't pay the bills. You make a thousand bucks a month or whatever it is before taxes. Like I don't want to go work 40 hours a week at some, at some like pitching coach giving lessons, sitting on a bucket or some minimum wage job somewhere. Um, I wasn't going to do that. So I decided to turn into a business. Um, but leading up to that, I knew it needed to be, it needed to be strategic. It needed to be thought out. And so I had spent about three to six months leading up to that point um, thinking about this idea. And that's when I wrote, uh, I wrote my first ebook called Building the 95 Mile an Hour Body. Basically, my story, a lot of the philosophies and methods and uh, research. Amazing book for every pitcher out there. Definitely needs to be on your list. So check that out. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, so it's strategic, right? I, I launched the company Tread Athletics with my business partner, uh, Cohen McAlpine. Um, he, he pitched at Clemson. He had similar issues, injury issues, and, um, you know, kind of had, had had similar struggles to what I had to go through. Um, so he he actually left Clemson and started the company with me. 
um, but it was strategic about when to when to launch the company. We wanted to make sure that the book was done and that we had a a way to kind of, uh, you know, that was kind of our that was kind of our coming out party. Like the ebook, we we launched and suddenly we have this ebook already available. You know, this is our philosophy. You know, here we are, we're a credible source of information. Um, you know, here's half the book for free as an excerpt, just if you don't believe us. Um, not hiding anything, just good information. And our goal at that point was just pump out as much free information as we could to reach as many people as possible. Because we knew that if we just immediately put everything behind a paywall, like nobody would learn who we were. Nobody would ever give our give us a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. the, the whole point was build credibility, get our information out there, work with as many athletes as we can this first year, even if we have to just make it absurdly absurdly cheap and undervalue our time, um, just work with as many athletes as we could that first year because we knew that the results would sell by, by year number two. As we started getting transformations and results, we begin. We knew we'd get referrals from because of those results. We knew we'd get re-signs. We knew we could raise prices over time, but we knew that just reaching people with quality, free information uh, was how we would develop into an authority in the in this particular industry. But I mean, same thing in many different industries. Um, I didn't have like this giant name or reputation, so my reputation had to be built over time by just giving out information, you know, writing articles. Um, doing podcasts like this, um, the ebook helped a ton because a lot of people that read the ebook uh, went on to want you know email us and want to do remote coaching. Um, so it kind of it kind of just evolved from there. And you know at this point we're I guess four years in now, three and a half four years in. Um, we're a five person company now. We'll probably hire our sixth coach by the end of this year. Uh, we worked with over 500 athletes now in that time frame. And we have nearly 200 athletes right now at any one time that we're we're actively coaching remotely. Um, so it's it's you know grown into quite a you know quite a monster to tame, and it's yeah. it's evolved quite a bit. Um, but yeah, that's my my goal is still very much to play in the big leagues. Um, and I think one of the biggest benefits for me about the business is that it's it's very uh, it's very compatible with what I'm doing from a training perspective and and what I know best. Like I'm not, I didn't, I didn't just go into a random industry that I thought would pay well. I didn't do it for that reason. I did it because it's, it was where my expertise was. My expertise was in in all the stuff I figured out on myself and then figuring out how to, how to turn that into a business and provide that type of value to other people. Um, So that's, and it, it almost happened by accident. This, this whole business was almost an accident. It was it was seeing the opportunity that was presenting itself, and then from there, just putting the puzzle pieces together and figuring out how to how to take yeah. off with with that yeah. opportunity. Well, then I, I think part of that is like you know just like what you were talking about it was like it was meant to be for you to go out and and throw like you did at the at the recruiting you know showcase deal uh, for Maryland, and you know what if you go out and you you know in that third inning you go out and you only strike out one guy or you don't strike anybody out and all of a sudden, you know, you're not, he's like, oh, you know, you're not going to make a team. You know, it's like, what, you know, what would happen next? Would Tread Athletics even, you know, exist? Because that was like the dream and now it's shut down. You're not going D1 or, you know, something like that. So it's it's crazy to see how those little things from your past can can accumulate to everything 
that you're doing now, but I also think it's so powerful that the rest of the story, you know, the little the little pieces to it are that that others may not be picking up on, but you know, you hear coaches talk about like, oh, you learn life lessons through sports, you know, you learn life lessons through baseball, this and that. But your you know, your actions back when you were in high school were far beyond that of most high school kids. You know, to be able to take the time to study and research what you need to do, not only for your skills, but realize, okay, I'm not strong enough. I'm not big enough. I need to go put on weight. I need to go do this stuff to, you know, have a blog going basically, um, you know, your journal online and be able to, you know, continually research and train and, you know, do your own recruiting, things like that. You know, it's just for most kids these days, it's going to seem like, oh man, that's so much. I don't have time to do that, this and that when the reality is you do have time but when you block your mindset off to the fact that and you tell yourself i don't have time you're going to keep finding evidence and excuses of why you don't have time to do that but here you are a guy who was able to do that all through high school you were able to do that through college and professionally while training to play professional sport and run a business at the same time which is something you know, you have to be super dedicated and know your vision and everything. So I think that's something that's really, um, really powerful. Do you have some some tips and some strategies these kids can use to maximize their time and really start to get into that mindset of, okay, I do have time to do this. I just need to be focused on one specific, you know, thing that's going to help me mm. either make some more money on the side or, you know, get to that next level of, of what I need to do for my sport. Sure. So, so you, you touched on it there. It's, it really is all about prior prioritization. It's, it's knowing what it's, it's knowing what your main goals are and it's, it's putting those in, in kind of a hierarchy. Um, and it's, it's being able to prioritize what matters most over all these other distractions that exist, like playing Fortnite for three hours a day, like doesn't get you any closer to your goals, mm-hmm. but it, a lot of kids haven't actually sat down and written out their goals or prioritize what matters. So it's, it's, it's easy. It's just kind of like back, back in high school and in college. Exactly. That's part of the benefit of having like the pitching log. I knew it would keep me accountable to to all these people that I didn't know that were reading it. Um, I mean, I I happen to be good friends now with a lot of these people that I, that read my blog back then that were people on this forum. I mean, Kyle Bodie, for example, was, I mean, him and I met on that forum. Um, Brady Volmering, Dak baseball, he's, he's starting to blow up a little bit from that forum. Like I'm, I'm, made a lot of connections from there, but one of the benefits was it forced me to articulate my priorities and then, and set a, set an intention, set a goal and then stick to it. Um, there's something Dan, Dan Blewett, who I interned with at one point, he, he's had a facility for nine or 10 years out in, uh, Illinois. Something he talked about is he, you know, stating publicly, whether public means like on YouTube or just to like your group of friends, stating your intention, stating your goal, uh, will make you more likely to stick to that goal. Um, and, and so I, I kind of hacked that. Uh, I knew there were going to be days where I didn't want to train. I knew there were going to be times when I was completely down on myself and just, it felt like an insurmountable task. And there were days like that, especially in high school. Like I'd have, I mean, I would have days where I just like went outside at 6 AM before school and it's like 20 degrees outside. And I like have the worst throwing session ever. And like my arm hurts. And I'm like, I'm like, how am I, how am I going to throw 95 one day? I'm throwing like 76 right now and my arm hurts. Like this is miserable. 
Um, so I, I knew I was going to have days where it just felt like an insurmountable goal, but that, that really helped just keep, keep the accountability. Um, and it also helped be very clear about my priorities. So if, if, if you're just kind of floating around in space and, you know, not really sure what you're going to do in college, not really sure about your goals three months from now, three, you know, six months from now, a year from now, um, you need to crystallize that process and you need to crystallize those goals and you need to crystallize the priorities. And it makes it a whole lot easier to know what, what the hell is going on. It makes, it makes it a lot easier to know why playing Fortnite from 6 to 9 p.m. four days a week. Like, you're not just playing Fortnite for, you know, three hours a day. You're actively choosing not to do the thing you set out to do that you prioritized that you said was your goal. Like, that's that's how I see that. Like, when I was... I would just trying very hard to gain weight for a long time because I didn't really know, I didn't know much about the process like I now do, and I didn't understand sure. how it worked. And so I was trying all sorts of things to gain weight. Um, but one of them was drinking a weight gain shake before bed. I would make these giant blenderful 1500 calorie weight gain shakes with milk and peanut butter and oil and protein powder, like everything in there. Yeah. But I told myself like, if I go to bed before I finish this shake, I'm actively choosing not to take one step closer to my goals. I'm actively choosing to get worse if I don't finish this. Right. Like I put, I put it in that perspective. It wasn't like, Oh, this is, this is uncomfortable. Like my stomach hurts. Like I don't want to do this. It's, I made it about choosing to get worse or choosing to get better. Mm -hmm. Just reframing that in my mind. Yes. Yeah. The, the words and the, the way you tell yourself, certain actions uh, that you that you have to do for you know for your performance and for your training are so impactful you know it, it's a lot a lot of these kids get to burn out or you know they don't have the motivation or the drive to do something you know and this the and we may be talking a little more on the performance side right now but it's it, it goes back to what we just mentioned earlier with the life lessons from baseball and sports mm -hmm. is the exact same things of practice and dedication and focus and clarity, all these things we're talking about, apply 100% to business, to your personal finances, et cetera. So, you know, as much as both Ben and I would love to sit here and chat about, you know, all the, the programming and calories for nutrition and this and that, like it's not, you know, it's not that that isn't important, but it's about the underlying messages and the phrasing that you're telling yourself, the mindset you have behind it and and just overall getting the work done like you were when did you graduate uh high school ben uh 2010 okay 2010 so that i i was in 09 and back then there was you know there wasn't as many resources or as easily accessible resources for finding out answers on performance you know anything nowadays really but especially that stuff back then but there was obviously stuff out there you know you found it and before that, I'm sure there was some, but not nearly as much as it is today versus you having to try to train yourself and go through all these things. You know, a guy can go like to your blog and pay what, 20, 30 bucks for your, you know, your 95 mile per hour body book and have a, an action plan and not, you know, feel like, oh, I don't know what to do this and that versus asking themselves the right questions of where can I find out how to throw 95 miles an hour or it, you know, it doesn't matter what sport it is, right? We're baseball guys. So we're going to talk baseball. 
doesn't matter if it's soccer or basketball, whatever the sport is, it, like the same rules apply. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It, it comes down to asking asking the right question. I think that's that's the that's the most important first step is asking the right question, um, knowing where you're going, and then from there you can start to uh, weed out the bad information and and hone in on the good good source of information and kind of outline a process from there. Um, but it it starts with asking the right question. But you did you kind of alluded to the fact that the process for you know becoming better at athletics is very similar to the process for becoming better at personal finance or at business. And I think that's entirely accurate in my experience. Um, for me, the general process for becoming better at anything is first ask the right questions and declare your intention and what you're trying to accomplish. Then determine determine credible sources of information to learn from because that's that vastly accelerates your your opportunity to learn. Yes. Is just somebody who's been where you're trying to get to. And if nobody's been there, then somebody's been to a certain aspect of that. Another person's been to a different aspect of that. And you can start to, you know, triangulate an opinion based upon that. But identifying the, the, uh, the authorities or the, the credible source of information that are going to help you get to where you need to get to. So like for baseball, it was figuring out like, here, the, here's the three world experts on nutrition for like bodybuilders. And I'm going to learn all about that to gain weight. And here's the, the world expert on velocity development for pitchers. I'm going to learn about that. But if it's like personal finance, it's here's three authorities on on personal finance. I'm going to learn as much as I can from them, and through that, create a process and have a very you know specific goal that I'm trying to trying to follow. And you know I've been through, I'm still going through that process myself. I've got some people that I follow about personal finance. You know, figure out how to track some of those different aspects. Uh, figure out what matters. You know, as a few years ago, I had no idea about any of this stuff, but, you know, set up a Roth IRA, like all these different things, set up a, bu- a budget, mint.com. Like these are all, these are all things that I began to formulate a process and kind of break it into different steps um, that you, you really have to know where you're going, but then you have to, you don't have to, but learning it all on your own and through trial and error just makes, makes it so much faster to, to learn from the people who've already been there. Um, it comes to, when it comes to business, it's like, okay, we had a, we had a business consultant when we started the business that helped accelerate just getting things on the ground, you know, off the ground and running, um, you know, learning from people who've already built websites and, and promoted products online, um, seeing how other successful companies were running. Like, even if it's in a completely different industry, uh, a company called Renaissance Periodization is probably the top mm-hmm. remote, uh, training company for just general, um, you know, just general fitness, a general population. And yeah, I think they've coached good. like 50,000 people or something, probably more than that by now. Like seeing how they how they structure it, how they interact with people, how they build credibility. They give it all, a ton of free information. Um, but learning from the most credible people, just that's the best tip. I mean, if you can get a, a actual mentor, that's even more valuable. Somebody you can just pick their brain nonstop and ask direct questions. Um, but if you can't get a mentor, then identifying the credible sources of information and what you're trying to do and just basically mentoring yourself through that process. Um, that would be my biggest advice for it doesn't matter what industry you're in or what category you're in. Um, that's kind of the process that I've used for any of these different aspects of my life. Yep, definitely. I think one thing I'd like for you to, to talk about, Ben, is when 
you know, I, I was this way when I was coming up, and I'm sure a lot of kids think this way was the mentality. I'm too young to be insert whatever it is, right? Make, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be running a business, but, you know, having a full-time job or making a lot of money or stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm still in school and, you know, I don't need to learn that stuff yet. I've, I've got time, you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever excuses that people, these kids come up with, right. A lot, a lot of times I think it's more of parents and other influences around them saying, Oh, it's okay. You're still young. You've got time to learn this. Da da da. But you know, it, it relates to what you, you know, kind of your story of not having, the finances to go and and get a good pitching coach to get a good strength coach who's going to get you, uh, you know, a custom training program like you're doing for your guys and nutrition coaching and all this stuff, you know, and I'm sure you can attest to this. You know, I had um, Ryan Fuller on uh, a few weeks back and one of his biggest things, you know, and I've seen it too. Some of these kids just don't realize it, how much more of a time commitment it is from high school to college and then college to pros, yet you're still able to, you know, run a business, run a blog, run all these things while you're training and playing your sport. So I guess it's twofold. Like one, you know, how, how can they get around that mindset and start, you know, what can they tell themselves now to really start focusing on, on, on finance and on, on the business side, their skills related to that. So they can really get, um, get that ball rolling sooner. So they're not in college. Like the worst feeling for me, even when I was in college, you know, and especially today, is having to call my parents and ask for money, right? Because mm -hmm. that's, you know, the college life is you're broker than you ever were and and you're training yourself to be broke, which has its benefits, you know, to live live lean. But at the same time, that mindset can carry over, you know, has a little bit of a lag into the adult world. And it's just, set, you know, setting you back farther than you need to be when there's plenty of people out there at young ages making a lot of money. So why not you? Sure. Yeah, so I, me personally, I didn't uh, necessarily earn money during college. Like I, I, I probably could have figured out a way to do that, but that wasn't even on my radar. I was just so hyper focused on, um, on getting to where I needed to, to go, baseball wise, mm -hmm. and then academically. That I, I just knew I was going to rack up student loans, and I was going to deal with that once I, I was dealing with one thing at a time. So I wouldn't say I have like, the best little like hacks for how to make money on the side in college. Um, I mean, somebody like Gary V talks about little things you can do like that. If that's, you know, if that's a goal right. in college, but I, I will say that of, of the people that we hire or when we are hiring people, um, one of the biggest, uh, things that sets somebody apart is if they, if they have a blog or if they have some sort of, uh, portfolio or, or demonstration of competency that they've established over time, um, it's it's the easiest thing if somebody just applies and all you see is a gpa and like that they were a coach somewhere um you don't really know that person that's not like a at least for us we don't just hire based upon that we want to know we want to know how you think we want to know how you write how you how you interact how you your opinions on things so it's so much easier it sets it sets somebody apart so much more from like a hiring perspective um if you have a blog or a social media account or some demons like we've we've i actually probably shouldn't say this but like in the past we've given away programs for free because we had been following this kid for like a year on his social media and he was just unbelievably committed and i saw myself in him and we literally worked with him for free 
Nice. That, like, uh, I'm not no guarantees to anybody out there that we're ever going to do that again. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, this, I mean, you just see that somebody's so real and and what they're all about, and you get to know them if they've built up some sort of portfolio. Like a blog is a, is a live, interactive resume in whatever industry you're trying to get into. It's it's just such a separator, and that doesn't even take into account what you learn and what, how you improve as a writer, what you learn about mm-hmm. yourself or whatever topic you're you're writing about or interacting with people about, just from like having a blog. Like if you think you know a topic and then you have to go and actually write five pages on that topic and know you're going to put it out there and people are going to see it, like what you thought you knew, you actually realize you don't know that well. But then through the process of writing it and articulating it, you it just becomes so much more concrete and you begin to know the topic that much better. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say anybody, and I did start a blog like in college. I wasn't working. I wasn't earning money in college, but I did have that. I started that uh an actual blog as a junior, but I was writing since I was 15 years old, keeping mm-hmm. track of things. Um, if you know what industry you're planning to work in and you are planning to work for somebody else, that's just, that's a game changer. If you can demonstrate curiosity, competence, um, growth over time, like seeing how somebody wrote four years ago and seeing how, how they've mm-hmm. evolved. Like, uh, to me, that's a game changer. Um, internships, you're not earning money, but that's still setting you up for so, so much more in the future. Uh, my junior year, I interned with, I mentioned him, Dan Blewett. Um, that was one internship. I also interned with over uh, over a winter, like winter break, I interned with uh, the former head strength coach for the Washington Nationals who had taught a course at Maryland. And I, you know, took the course, obviously I wasn't going to miss out on that. And then I TA'd the course the next year. I interned with him. I was going to learn everything I possibly could from that guy. So Internships, it's not just about learning what you learn. It's so valuable as far as networking. Like if, even if you don't get a job from that person, they're going to know somebody that, that if they believe that you're curious and hardworking and all, everything that you should be demonstrating, you know, even if you're not making money during those months or weeks, um, you just can't, can't overstate how valuable internships are. So I wouldn't necessarily see college as like a time you have to be earning a ton of money. Um, obviously, if you can figure out how to do some side gig, that's great. But realistically, if you're a top, you know, athlete at a Division One school, you're not going to have time for that, mm-hmm. in my experience, at least. Like you're pretty much busy from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day. Um, but still finding ways to to set your to think about the future and set yourself up to be a more qualified you know, candidate for a job or more uh, developing your skills if you're planning to go on your own and have your own business in the future. Like, okay, what skills am I going to need in that industry? Mm-hmm. Like for me, it, one skill is like getting better at public speaking, like getting better at communicating ideas concisely. Um, you know, that's that's a skill that will be very helpful very in any, any industry. Exactly. Um, obviously, the technical side of whatever industry, like if you're going to be an engineer, you better know, like you better know the technical side very well. If, if I'm going to teach people how to throw harder, I better know biomechanics in, in and out and, you know, devote a lot of time to understanding that. But, but what skills can I be developing in my free time or in what I'm already doing? How can I turn into just a skill development thing? Um, I, think, I think looking at it that way is probably more valuable than just spending your time trying to earn money, like flipping things from garage sales and making 50 bucks a week. In college. Yep. Yeah. And I like the when you mentioned before that 
Instagram is the new blog, you know, for, for a lot of people, um, you know, what would your life look like if, you know, Instagram and more of the social media had been what it is now back then, you know, and where that platform would be for you, you know, you probably wouldn't be just doing it on the blog like that. You would have more videos and, mm-hmm. and different things. And now you're sharing this story and more people are able to see your work, um, the training that you're going through, the transformations. And then, you know, who knows that could, you know, it's so much easier now to reach um, out to recruiters, out to these uh, schools that you want to go to, to get in front of the coaches, um, you know, scouts, like whoever it is, like if you're making your own training uh, blog, you know, essentially where you're recording all your workouts, your nutrition, what the stuff you're learning, what stuff you want to learn, where you were, where you want to go, et cetera, you know, how one, I mean, it's just so multifaceted with that topic that I think, you know, is a very tactical thing and long-term strategic thing that, that these kids could start to do now is, you know, take, take a note out of your playbook for that and, and turn their Instagram page or, you know, build a Facebook page and, and start mapping that kind of stuff out. And now they're able to get, like I said, get in front of more people with it. But at the same time, you know, it's what you're talking about. You're showing over time your ability to write, your ability to communicate and all these things and show that you're not a, a fly by night kind of person or Mm -hmm. somebody who bought a bunch of followers or this and that, like there's some kid over here. Um, I don't know if you've seen him on Instagram. His handle is raised in baseball. He's over here in, um, in the Dallas area where I'm at. Haven't met him, but he's got like 15 or 20, maybe 30,000 followers on Instagram. The kid's like 13 and he's getting all these, uh, you know, big brands sending him equipment to review and stuff like that. You know, it's like that's just another way to start making some money or at least get something that's of value, right? Because then, you know, if you're getting sent a glove to test and review by somebody, you know, all of a sudden now you're not, that's two, three hundred bucks. You didn't have to pay for a glove, right? And it's not like, I mean, you know, do your research on, on the, you know, NCAA rules and where the guidelines are and, and, the black and white lines are for that kind of stuff on, you know, Oh, well now this guy's getting paid, you know, he's a sponsor oh, yeah. athlete and this definitely and not allowed if you're a college athlete, about it, but at the same time, like you can still do those kinds of things and get compensated in some way. And now these, they're, you know, these coaches are seeing how dedicated you are. The scouts are seeing how dedicated you are. They're seeing your volume of work, what you're going to put in and like, you know, to have you go from being, a first year guy not thinking you're even going to get any kind of minutes or innings to senior year being an impact go-to guy. You know, it's that longer term play that three, two, three, four year plan, you know, in place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on what you mentioned, I would just say, um, if you can, like whatever hustle or thing, like whatever you're doing, try to make sure or rather it's it's an extra win if you can align the short-term wins that you're getting there like a free glove or whatever like if you can align what you're doing with a long-term uh a long-term goal as well like if it's just something to get you 100 bucks a week now that's not as powerful as something that maybe it makes you a little less money today but it's building skills or it's building up your uh qualifications long term so I would still I would still say think long term with whatever you're doing, um, you know, just because you're 
just because you're popular selling or posting something on Instagram today, does that set you up for where you want to be five or 10 years from now? So just looking at looking at it through the lens of uh, more of a long-term lens than just just the short-term lens. Although obviously I understand like if you, you're paying your way through college, like there needs to be a short-term, uh, short-term play in there as well. Um, and I would also say that in this, in this day and age, um, talent really doesn't slip through the cracks and that goes in just about any industry. Like if you're like, even if you're like Justin Bieber, like if you're good enough, someone's going to find you because you just post a video of you singing and like, you're going to get found and you're going to, if you're good, likable enough, like you're going to be successful. If you're throwing a hundred miles an hour on YouTube, you're going to get signed and you're going to be yeah. successful. Yeah. Like that Robert Stock story, uh, Chris Nunn now, he, uh, Pitching Ninja posted him, lefty throw 99, got signed. He's shoving and I don't know if he's in double or triple A right now, but he could be a big leaguer uh, if everything goes well for him. Uh, if you're good enough, you're good enough. And there's no excuse to not get noticed nowadays. It's not um, and that so any industry like Google just goes and gives people jobs that impress them with something they saw or posted online. Like mm-hmm. um, that would instantly put somebody at the top of our hiring pool if you know, they have a ridiculously impressive uh, uh, blog or they post completely unique content or they have a fo- a huge following that they've built um, or they've demonstrated some unique ability to think or, or analyze, um, you know, pitching and biomechanics, um, show the ability to have nuanced thinking. Like that person doesn't slip through the cracks. They're instantly at the top of our, of our list. Right. Um, and that, so that goes for any industry. And I just think it's, there's so much opportunity to demonstrate competency and and expertise, or at the very least, curiosity and growth. Mm-hmm. Now, that there's there's almost no excuse to not be doing that. Um, but yeah, just keeping it more of a long term mindset, especially for younger kids, high school kids who aren't don't have a ton of expenses, or you know, college kids who don't have to pay their way through college, and you know, obviously they're taking out loans, but. I would I would use that more as a time to build up long-term skills unless you absolutely have to be paying your way through college or absolutely have some expense you need to pay short-term. Yep, yep. So going towards, you know, that post-college, you know, tread life, building off of, you know, your time while training and playing, playing in the minors, how are you able to... You know, and and it's going to go back to priorities. But what are some ways that you were able to really not only build your business up while you're still playing, but have have the t- that not just the time, but the energy and the focus? Because I remember you sending me your schedule um, a while back of what you were doing while you were still building the business and training, and you know you had it just specifically mapped out. You know, my my throat my uh, throwing program I'm doing at this time, um, mobility work at this time, strength training at this time, recovery here. And then for these hours, you know, I'm focused on building the business. Like, how do you just not, how do you not let that wear in the grind? Cause you're going to be tired. You're going to be sore from workouts, uh, mentally distracted from that. And then having to switch over to business mode, you know, part of that's probably going to be, Oh, this is my passion. This is baseball. You know, it's not as much work for me. How do you how do you kind of balance the two and keep getting that focus going, especially when it's kind of like sounds like it was do or die for you if you're not you know not even making a thousand bucks a month playing ball and you don't go get a, a different job right that's your job now, 
how, how do you kind of make make the two work so the the only way that you can make it work is is establish your priorities and then you have that as kind of your your fallback if you're ever not sure about a decision like like if it's 8 p.m. and you're completely burnt out from lifting but you know you need to you know you know the business is asking something from you but like if, if there's ever a direct conflict between your multiple goals you have to be able to go back to priorities and know which one wins know which one is going to take precedent in that situation like do i do i not get my eight hours of sleep for recovery for training to go spend three hours doing something that would help the business like there's going to be times if you have multiple large goals that they directly conflict with each other and you're going to have to make a choice and decide which one matters more and you can't just like you can't just decide that on a whim and every whenever that different scenarios come up you have to have a clear order of priorities for me the order has always been my career my development first the business has been and I, until i mean i would still call it this i've called it a part-time a part-time obligation because i'm continue and, and it's crazy to say that with how fast it's grown successful etc mm -hmm. but it, that has not been an eight hour a day job for the past four years there's plenty of days where i've spent eight hours or ten hours or whatever but that's not my my baseball career has come first the entire time if anything begins to right. infringe on my recovery if my stress levels get way out of hand to where it's it's affecting my ability to train my ability to throw rehab whatever wherever i'm at i made it very clear you know to myself to my business partner to everybody involved that that was the order of priorities and i stuck to that from day one so that's that's how you do it you make it very clear and then if you know you work hard you work your ass off but if there is a conflict you know where to turn um so again for me that's just that's just made it very uh, very apparent how to how to navigate the whole process you know if i can only put four hours into the business on a certain day because i had to go to an appointment for a rehab session or had to you know do something throwing related or there whatever mm -hmm. it is um i know how to i know how to navigate that and how to prioritize it um so it's not like i'm sitting here doing like six hours of training a day and like 12 hours of, of you know work on the business and just like burning out mentally and like taking adderall and caffeine and yeah like I, i'm not doing that like it's not i'm not doing that it's all right. in the context of what can i sustain over long term it's still the long term what is, what is going to get me to my long-term goals long-term goal number one being playing the big leagues long-term goal number two being well that might take a while so i better have something i can sustain like what what is what is going to allow me to sustain this training and this business over time not burn out and maximize my chance of getting to goal number one and so that's that's kind of how i break it down and navigate the whole process so from that, I'm hearing two things. First is reverse engineering your goals, starting with the longer term goal and working your way back to the present and how you can get to that point. And then secondly, we talked about before, but asking yourself deep and powerful questions related to those goals and not just how, how do I play professional baseball? How do I make a lot of money you know you're, you're asking yourself these deep questions and and longer context full that's, that's probably not even a word but just filled with you know but to ask yourself better questions to get better answers which is saying that's why we ask ourselves questions to get answers 
So, you know, that's that's my two biggest takeaways from from that piece besides the clarity side of things is long term vision, reverse engineer it backwards, asking yourself the right questions to fill in the gap. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's essentially the process and also just making sure that everybody uh, everybody involved in your process that, that needs to be aware of that, that you're you're clear on that from day one. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't I'm, I'm not going to tell somebody that I'm 100 percent in on something if it's actually my number three priority. So make, making it clear what your priorities are, if, especially if they're tied to tied to that goal. You have to be very, very upfront and very clear uh, with everybody about what you're trying to accomplish. Everybody that's that's relevant and involved in that. Um, not just obviously for yourself, but just for everybody else involved, too. It just it makes it makes it so much. It just gives clarity to what you're trying to accomplish when you wake up each day. Yes. Yep. And I, I can't remember who I heard this one from, but it was. If you have more than three priorities, you don't have any priorities. Essentially, like if you have more than three things that you're really focused on, you know, you can't focus on any of them and give them any of those the attention that they really need to move that needle forward. And you're just, you know, spinning your wheels and wasting your time. So I think yeah. that's, you know, that's, something especially if your goals are enough, what you're talking about there, especially if your goals are ambitious enough. Right. Like you, you, you can have a bunch of little tiny goals and, and have, you know, do four or five or six of those at a time. But if you have legitimate, uh, legitimate, ambitious goals, I would say, you know, one or two main ones is kind of the limit. Um, yep. It's, it's pretty difficult to fit much more than that in if you're really doing the, what it takes to get to some, you know, what I would consider impressive places. Right. Right, because, I mean, you're not trying to just do what you do to get by or to just be another, you know, person out there training baseball players. I mean, you're out there with the highest of intentions, right? It's like, why would you Why would you not even try to set that bar that high to begin with? There's not, you know, any point in just setting it to be in the middle of the pack. So, you know, like the it, – it, a lot of times, you know, I think the, the kids – tune out when they hear these cliches just because they hear them so much it's like oh i already heard that i already know that and then their brain shuts down they don't you know think about it or take it into consideration anymore but like the the saying you know if you shoot if you shoot for the sky at least you'll be amongst the stars or something like that you know it's like you're same thing with this is you've already told yourself the goal of i'm going to be a major league baseball player. I'm, you know, you've probably got the specific goal of like, I'm going to be a starter for the white Sox by, you know, X amount of date or whatever it is. Like, I know you get very specific with that kind of stuff, which helps you to get to those goals, just like you were back in high school, getting to college and then college to get drafted. So letting, you know, letting them know that that's how that, how this process needs to work as well with this, whether it's, you know, somebody's trying to do the same thing of, of make some money after college and, and still play their sport or if they're just going all in on, you know, whatever business venture, whatever job that they're trying to pursue, passion they're trying to pursue and, and just rolling with it that way. I think, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of kids, young professionals, you know, whatever group we want to look at, they, they would do well to do an honest self-assessment of what they want versus a lot of people establish or say what they want based upon what they think they're supposed to say or what they think people want them to say mm-hmm. like now you know now it's trendy to say you want to go start your own business because 
you know, that's just trendy. Being an entrepreneur is now trendy. But a lot of people, if they actually thought about it, maybe that's not a good fit. Is that actually what you want? Like, or are you just saying that because it's what you think you're supposed to do? Like a lot of people now go to college because they're supposed to go go to college and their parents want them to go to college. But have you actually sat down and thought about, is that what you want to do? Or will that get you closer to where you want to go? So I think that's, that's an important consideration as well. It's like, have you done an actual self-assessment of like, what do you want to get out of life? What what really matters to you? And is, is what you're doing, is what you've done today up to this point, getting you one step closer to that or one step further from that? Like, are you just spinning your wheels or is this actually what you want? Or are you just doing it or saying that that's what you want because somebody else told you to say that, or you think they want you to say that? Um, uh, yeah. Not to mention Gary Vee too much. I know I've already brought him up, but um, he brings this up a lot. Like people, some people would do better working for somebody else, and some people mm-hmm. couldn't ever stand the idea of working. Like I would could never stand the idea of working for somebody else, having an answer to somebody else, and not being in control mm-hmm. of my own destiny. Yeah. But some people need that. Like I've learned, some people just need the stability. They they don't want to take on all that risk. They don't want to have all the uncertainty, all the variables constantly have it on their mind. They want to be able to get home and check out for the day and they will just be a happier person and get to their goals faster and better by not running their own business. Um, So I I think it just takes, it takes self-awareness and you're not just born with self-awareness. Like it's, I think, I believe it's a skill you have to have Mm -hmm. to work on, but really asking yourself those, those tough questions. Um, And if you have no idea, like you just need to just need to try stuff. Try stuff and see what actually what you're drawn to. Like you may just have no idea what you want to do with your life, right? But you're not going to figure out what you like, what you don't like until you just try a bunch of shit. And from there, you'll start to piece together like, oh, I like working with people, or I hate working with people. I like I like working on computers. I like or I hate it. I couldn't stand like, you know, being in a room all day just working on a computer. Like I need you know, you don't know these things until you just try a bunch of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But there's disc assessments, yeah. there's, you know, personality assessments out there that can be helpful for this stuff if, you know, they take their answers honestly and they'll have, you know, some of them get into like, oh, this is, this is the top careers for you to do based on your personality and these are the top people you should hang out with and stuff like that. So they get pretty in-depth. So that's, um, you know, a good, good way to give yourself that assessment too. What, and then definitely have to take time to think and ask yourself, what is it that I want to do? and not sure. get other voices in your head telling you what you need to be doing. For sure. You, you, you have to decide that yourself and it can't, it can't be with somebody else in mind. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you just kind of have to dive head first into something, into something that interests you. I, I, I mean, I know some people go into their careers where it's like specifically to make money for a certain time frame so that they can quit it, quit the job so that they can then go do what they want to do. I mean, maybe that makes that might make sense in certain circumstances, but I, I I've always thought like just figure out what you're passionate about. Be you know be obsessed with that, at being an expert in whatever that is, and then mm-hmm. figure out how to how to monetize or make that make sense as a business venture. Um, if you can if you can somehow find a way to take what you're pas- passionate and interested about, and turn that into a business, or at the very least, turn that into marketable skills that you can then you know use as, as an employee somewhere like t- mm. t- turn your passion into something use it to better yourself and get you closer to where you want to get in life not just like a 
uh, just a fun hobby and then you're just like hate your life Monday through Friday that to me that doesn't make sense yeah yeah and I think it they they get stuck in the mindset that it has to be what I went to school for or it has to be what you know the family business or this and that and it's not true and like you were talking about you get some of these not always introverts but people who are better suited to be employees that one would tell themselves oh I'm just going to be an employee or I just have to be a business owner and don't realize that they can do the one that's best suited for them now and just build the skill sets around it and eventually they're going to get the confidence to the point where you know they they can switch over to running their own thing or doing something and you know a lot of, a lot of it's just not having the the clarity and the focus but the skills related to whatever it is they're trying to do to sustain themselves fully and not feel like they you know have to check out because they they made their money and they're done or you know just whatever it is right but to be able, like that, that that can change within you know not only a blink of an eye but in a short period of time to get that confidence over to switch to that next level or whatever it is so getting and and then same same idea with what you're talking about finding your passion and what what they're wanting to do after that is that that can change and you just got to keep digging around and finding out what it is that you're into that you're good at and then building you know just continuing to build off of it from there you've got to ask yourself the questions of what it is that you want what it is that you want to be doing in the future and and what you're good at because there's so many different things to do in this world now and it's going to keep opening up new industries and new jobs and things like that that there's never going to be the the, the money the jobs they're, they're not going to run out the opportunities aren't going to run out it's a matter of going back to kind of the ba the the base of what you built your business and your career off of which is being resourceful dedication and focus on on your priorities for sure for sure and it's it's never it's never too late to to change what you want to do either like a lot of people like you mentioned mm -hmm. people uh people think they have to go pursue a career once they've chosen a major like a certain major like oh i've i was so and so major i have to do this as my career it's like no you you don't you don't have to do that like you're not what you choose like there's all this pressure associated with what major you choose at 18 years old, 19 years old, as though you're just locked in for the rest of your life. Like that's, that's not the case. And you can change at any point what you want to do with your life. Obviously, if you're going to be like a doctor or an engineer, like it does have, it does have some bearing. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just think you're never, you're never a hundred percent locked into any one thing. You, you can always make the choice to change career paths, change what you're, whatever is, whatever is calling your name and whatever you're passionate about, interested in. If you can find a way to make that make sense from, you know, fit in with your other goals, fit in with your financial goals. If you can find a way to, to, to leverage that and make that make sense, you're never, you're never locked into something like, um, for example, with Gary, Gary V, like he'll say, if you are, you're working some job you hate, you're not actually stuck in that. You just haven't figured out how to how to transition yet. So, you know, what are you doing the three hours that you're home after work? Are you just watching Netflix or are you working to build 
uh, you know, build your your next business until you can quit this job, or are you working to educate yourself on and you know get your MBA so that you can get a get a promotion or get hired somewhere else? Like, you're never actually stuck in whatever you're doing if you just if you're just miserable. So I, I think I think that's important to realize. Like people people have this this fear and there's all this pressure associated with with whatever you choose. You're just stuck with that for the rest of your life. And that's that's how most people operate, but that doesn't mean that you have to do it that way, just because mm-hmm. that's the status quo. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. Couldn't agree or said it any better myself. All right, Ben. As we're wrapping up here, any final thoughts uh, for the listeners here related to, you know, any? I, I'd like to have you maybe drop one specific. Uh, skill set that you think is going to be most relevant to today's workforce, to a kid getting done with school and trying to get their job or, you know, starting up something on their own, uh, whatever it is, like what is out of all the the different things they could be doing out there, what's one, maybe two skill sets that they should start focusing on, on right now? So if you know you're going to be working for somebody else and you're trying to be as attractive an employee as possible, um, I would say you need to be able to look at the situation from the other person's perspective. So you need to be able to think about it from the business's perspective. Like, okay, what do I know everything I possibly can about this business? Do I know what they're looking for, where their holes are, how they operate? Um, if you can see things from their perspective, then you can figure out how to make yourself as appealing an option as possible. You can figure out what skills you need to hone or develop or play up in your interviews and your resume, um, it's, it, you'd be surprised. Like nobody thinks that way. Nobody actually looks at it as, Hmm, like they're they're running a business. They, you know, they probably really appreciate if I had like, uh, sales knowledge or they had, I had, uh, you know, you know, experience managing other, other employees, other individuals, or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, had, had all these other skills or like, if you look at it from that perspective, you can, really start to separate yourself. It's not just, there might be a job on paper and this is what they put on paper, but that doesn't mean there aren't other other desperate things they need help with um, that you could potentially fill, um, fill and do. Um, the best employees are people that go above and beyond and ask what else needs to be done? What else can I do? Like, mm-hmm. what do I need to do to get, a, get that promotion? What do I need to do to move on up? Like, what am I doing well? What am I doing poorly? Like, how can I improve? Those are the best employees, not the ones that just do the three things on their list for the day and then just go home. Like that's that's fine, but they're not the ones who are going to move up over time, and they're not the ones who stand out in the initial hiring process. The people that are just going to take exactly what you give them, do the bare minimum, and then go home. Mm-hmm. The the enthusiastic, passionate people are the ones that are going to climb to the top, and the ones that can see things from the other perspective. Um, and then the other skill I would say that's extremely valuable any industry no matter what you're doing even if you're just working by yourself as a personal trainer or you're a one-man show is the ability to communicate value which is also it's just another way of saying selling but i don't really like the term selling because it Mm -hmm. implies that you you want something from them it's it's the ability to communicate your value or the value of the product or the value of the company it's it's communicating communicating that um, we don't as a company we don't look at anything we do as selling it's how can we genuinely help 
somebody find what is going to get them closer to their goals? How can we communicate uh, communicate in a way that they'll understand um, that speaks to them? Like you wouldn't, you're not going to say the same thing to a, a dad with a 14 year old kid as you would to like a 22 year old kid mm-hmm. inquiring about a coaching service. Like it's, it's how, how do I, you have to be able to communicate the value differently and you need to know the ins and outs of what you're, what you're talking about. If you're working for somebody and you're trying to sell a product for them. You need to know every single thing you possibly can about that product and you need to know every single thing you possibly can about the audience, about mm-hmm. who you're, who you're talking to, who you're trying to communicate with. Um, so just communication skills in general, but that's, that is a skill that needs to be honed. Uh, even if you're a good communicator, you're likely not just, some people are born sellers, I would say, but that is the very, very small minority, but that's, that's a skill that can, and that can be learned and should be learned in just about any industry. Um, but again, I, I wouldn't think of it as selling. I would just think of it as, because it's not, it's not, but it's, it's, if you're any company or any one man show or in any industry, the people that you're working with need to understand the value of what you bring to them. It's not just an, it's not just like inherently there. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, people know that we offer remote training programs for baseball players and like, but it's communicate, like not that many people are going to sign up for that service or experience the value there if we can't communicate it upfront. So what do we do? We tell stories we give testimonials. We, we take people through the process. We let them inside our, inside our minds, inside our process. Um, and when we talk to them, when they call us, it's how can we help you? Like, how can we understand better your problem? Tell us every, tell us what you're doing right now. Tell us where you want to be like, Hey, here's some free information right now. Like that's going to help you whether or not you sign up. We don't care. Like I'm trying to genuinely help. And people, people love authenticity. They love knowing that you care. Um, and if you can communicate your value and show that you care, then you just have to have a good product. But the assumption is whatever your, whatever your service or product is needs to be good from the start, no matter what industry you're in. But the differentiator from there is, can you communicate the value and do you understand and care and are you authentic? Um, so, you know, whatever you need to do to gain that experience, whether it's like going... It could be a side hustle. Like it could be going and selling baseball cards and learning how to communicate the value and, and interact with people um, doing something like that. Um, or it could be the internship route. It could be, you know, interning with somebody in some sales role or some marketing role or um, using that as an opportunity to interact with people and, and hone your communication skills. Um, but that's that's so important in any industry. Um, yeah, I just I can't overstate overstay that because you're, you're going to be selling yourself or selling a product or selling a service. You're going to be selling in some way. You're always communicating something. Um, yeah. So hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, no, it, it does perfectly. And it's just, it just builds and kind of flows back to just the previous conversation. I mean, you were hundred percent selling yourself like this whole time when you were doing your, uh, you know, building your body up, going through high school and a college. And then, you know, through there, but selling yourself to the coach. Selling, and I, I think, I, I don't remember if it was from your 95 mile per hour book or if it was just some social media post you made, but I remember a quote or something you said, and you're like, you told this coach, like, I'm going to be the hardest worker you've ever had. And you're like, you know, dead set on it. And he believed you, but you, you know, that's part of you selling yourself. Yeah. That's what um, I told. That's what to I told back. So 
That's what I told Backett. She said, he said, you have the spot on the team, you know, congratulations. But then he was, you know, he hesitated and he said, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. You know, are you sure you want to do this? Like, are you sure you're ready for it? Um, and yeah, that's what I told him. And I, no hesitation. I mean, I wasn't, I'm not some hyper machismo, like overconfident, cocky person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that was the, that's the honest truth. And so I wasn't afraid to tell him the honest truth is that, look, I'm going to be the hardest working guy you ever had. And whether or not that's the truth, like he's coached a lot of guys. He's coached David Price. Like he's coached a lot. I have no idea if I actually am the hardest working guy he's ever had, but I truly believe that when I said it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that by stating stating that, it would make it even more likely that 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 this whole process would come to fruition um, by by stating that I knew that he would that was the seed that was planted in his mind and I was going to live up to that every time yeah I interacted with him anytime I was on the field off the field um, but at sometimes you just need you need to you need to speak it into existence I think I think that's another lesson yeah no doubt that was great great episode today ben so much for these listeners to take home with hopefully they were taking some notes in there i'll be dropping some of that into the show notes as well where can everybody uh where can they where where can they find you on the on the web where can they find you on social yes so uh website is treadathletics.com twitter is at treadathletics instagram is tread underscore athletics uh just search treadathletics you'll find us um primarily uh most of my random thoughts and, and nuggets are going to be on Twitter, though. So if you're uh, you're trying to interact with me or, or ask me a question, um, Twitter's probably the place to go. Nice. And any any big projects, anything exciting coming up with uh, with Tread right now? Uh, just you know, just growing like crazy. Um, just hired our just hired another uh, another coach recently. Um, mm-hmm. About to you know move into a, a larger larger office, larger place for for filming videos and. And things like that so that's that's exciting on our end um starting to work with a lot more teams uh, we have a nice we have a travel organization that their entire organization is going to be working with us so kind of expanding out from uh just the one-on-one coaching um to the teams as well we've, we've already worked with a number of college teams and you know yeah. smaller smaller high school teams but um yeah, pretty excited to, to continue expanding out that way as well um yeah i mean for now we're going to keep doing what we're doing and ultimately have our own you know large in-person facility and and kind of do that and pull the trigger when the time is right but just keep providing people value um we have a ton of free stuff that we're, we're working on right now um mm-hmm. we're, we're completely revamping our website and with that there's going to be a ton of free free stuff to give away uh, for anybody that's listening that is into baseball uh free weight gain program free throwing program uh free metric analysis tool to, to completely break down uh where your weak points are uh, where your strengths nice. are and, and kind of compare you to where you're at for whatever level you're at. Um, so a couple, uh, really cool things, uh, podcast I just filmed with, uh, with a javelin anatomy guy for, for anybody who might be interested in that, that we're coming out with soon. Uh, you know, a couple more, uh, pretty, pretty bright writers, um, that are going to be putting out content for us. Um, so yeah, the, the future is definitely bright with, with tread athletics. Um, just learning, doing our thing. I'm, Mm-hmm. working my ass off to get back and healthy and, and get back into throwing myself. So, uh, that, that remains my number one goal, but, uh, pretty exciting to, to see the team we're building here and see everybody motivated and, uh, yes. kind of going after the same goal. Uh, you know, it's, it's an exciting time 
you know, it not just being, a, you know, two people, you know, working in a working out of a bedroom like, yeah, you know, four years ago, um, just to see other people really, uh, really jumping on board and see how many athletes we've worked with. And uh, we've had close to close to 20 athletes now drafted in the past uh, since 2017, 2017, 2018, 2019 draft. Uh, we've had about, I don't know the exact number, 17 or 18 maybe uh, athletes that have been drafted, another 10 that have been drafted from uh, one of, from teams that we've coached, so teams that we do that handle their programming. We have another 10 guys that have mm-hmm. been drafted um, from those teams that we didn't one-on-one coach, uh, another four guys that were drafted or that were signed as free agents to affiliated teams. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's getting pretty crazy. It's getting pretty nuts. Um, I've got a couple of big awesome. speaking, speaking engagements at seminars I'm, I'm headed out to. Um, so yeah, it's starting, starting to pick up pretty exciting. Um, but, but I wouldn't be here in this, we wouldn't be in this situation if we weren't willing to, you know, really devote that time up front four years ago, basically making no money and mm. having, starting from scratch essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we, we've continued to just do everything we can every day to, to push to, to prioritize what matters and, and push those goals forward. Um, so it's, yep. it's pretty, pretty cool to see, um, pretty cool to see what's been built out of that and, and see, you know, what's, what's possible another four years from now. So, uh, yeah, big things ahead, man. That's awesome. Well, I know, I know with your work ethic and, and the research you put in and the network that you have, you're going to get back, uh, back to throwing, get healthy and, and build that 100-mile-an-hour sidearm that you're talking about over there. So looking forward to, to seeing you back out on the field there. Uh, thanks thanks so much, Ben, for coming on today. And um, really looking forward to this episode getting out there for everybody. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time, and hopefully your listeners found value. And, again, any, any of you guys who have questions or you know want to know more, just connect with me on Twitter. I'd be happy to answer your questions.